0: great to be with you the peace of Christ be with you it is indeed good to be together worshiping the Lord together and I'm pastor Randy Lovelace and I serve here as pastor I want to welcome all those who are visiting with us for the first time or for the first several times those who are joining us on the live stream those who are here in our region as well as those who are spread around the country we are gathered together in the name of Christ to turn to his word together And we're in this series, Behold Our God, delighting in the Trinity. In this fall, if you're joining us for the first time, we're in looking at the Father and who the Father is and how he is revealed to us. And this morning, we continue in that. And this morning, uh, we have spent the last several weeks in one particular set of verses. It's in the book of Exodus, chapter 34, where the Lord reveals himself to Moses as Yahweh, and then after he pronounces his name twice, he describes his character. Again, that character is the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. After we've looked at the way in which God reveals himself, last week we looked at the final section of those verses as he is holy. And as we heard those verses again and again, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, loving and faithful. We now are going forward in time to one of the last recorded Psalms that King David wrote And David was a musician, and he was writing the Psalms for God's people gathering together for worship. And as he writes these words, you're going to hear familiar phrases. And I apologize to the uh, booth in the back. I'm going to read one additional verse. It's all good. I'm going one more verse. I couldn't help myself. So there we go. We're in Psalm 145 this morning, verses 1 to 13, and it's one of the final psalms in the Psalter, but it's one of eight of its kind. It's called an acrostic psalm, if you will, the alphabet psalms, where it uses every one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and each line begins with a different letter, all the way through there are eight of these psalms in the Psalter David wrote five of them and this is the final one and this is what he declares about the goodness of God Psalm 145 I will extol my God the king I will praise your name forever and ever Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I will meditate on your wonderful works They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and they speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. And one more verse, free of charge. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion is, endures through all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Father, as we sit before your word, may your word fall fresh on your people. And may your Holy Spirit help us to taste and see that the Lord is good. We need your goodness. Your world needs your goodness. We pray today, Lord, that this would be the day that Jesus comes again. But if it is not, may your goodness go from one generation to the next. Help the teacher. In Jesus' name, amen. In perhaps one of the most famous sections of C.S. Lewis's novel, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, we have their learning of who Aslan, this king, was to be. The hearing of the news, Lucy and Susan were particularly inquisitive of who Aslan was to be and what kind of king he was going to be and what kind of kingdom would he have. So Lucy and Susan start asking questions, but it's Lucy's question that has always lingered in my mind. So while visiting with Mr. and Mrs. Beaver, Lucy can't help herself And she asks, okay, is he a man? Mrs. Beaver answers, Aslan, a man? (laughs) Certainly not. I tell you, he is the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who the king of beasts is? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Ooh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall be rather nervous about meeting a lion. That you will, dearie, and make no mistake, said Mrs. Beaver. If there's anyone who can appear before Asim without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most, Or else just silly. Then he isn't safe? asked Lucy. Safe? said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who ever said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good, he's the king. Can you imagine for just a moment with your imagination, though we've never laid eyes on David? But David had already written many Psalms by this point. He's clearly a musician, a creative, an artist, loves words and letters. But we learn of a familiar refrain in this psalm. I meditate on your word in the night, to paraphrase. This is a musician and an artist thinking about the goodness of God and setting it to verse. But this is David. And the last time we heard these words, the Lord is compassionate and gracious... Slow to anger and abounding in love and kindness. It's on the lips of conversation between God and Moses. But between that moment in Exodus 34 and the writing of this psalm, there's a whole lot of life. And there's a whole lot of life and drama and narrative to write songs about. And in David's life particularly... If you know anything about David's life, and if you don't, go read First and Second Samuel. It won't take you long, and it is an adult story. It gets real very quickly. David was nobody in his family, and yet God said, I want him. David would be announced to be the king to reign. And that made King Saul shake in his boots and he tried to take David's life. David would escape. David would have success. David would become king. David would sin. David would be restored. He would be forgiven. Yet the sword would not depart David's house. The Lord, while forgiving him, also allowed him to experience the consequences of his sin. And yet going through the... The disruption within his own family, seeing the pain of his sons and warring from Absalom and all the stuff. There's just so much to write about in the faithfulness of God, even in the midst of faithlessness of Israel. Israel, God's people, Lord, have mercy. Can we not read ourselves into their story? Because if you don't, I encourage you to. Because when you read about the Israelites, you're reading about us. We are hot one day, and we are stone cold the next. One day, God, you are great, and wow, I'll take that over there instead. David, leading them through, seeing God's faithfulness, telling of God's faithfulness from one generation to the next, now setting it to a psalm to a song of God's people. And when the Israelites would gather together, they would sing psalms just like this set to music. So when you're reading the psalms, you're reading the worship hymnal of God's people. And this psalm speaks of God's goodness. Just three things I want to say about God's goodness from this psalm this morning. First, the goodness of his grandeur. My friends, let me pass on to you what Dr. Leland Riken passed on to me as a student at Wheaton College, the chairman of the literature department. I was scared to death of this man, but when he got into the classroom, he became another person. So serious in his office, But when he was in the classroom, he taught us how to read the Bible as literature. So I want you to take off all the little mechanic things you've learned about Bible studies and open up these minds. Open up the Holy Spirit to ask the Spirit to show you things in the word, to stretch your mind, use your imagination because God means to use it to drive you to him because he wants you to see the goodness of his grandeur. Because David starts with the grand stuff, not the rock, not the foundation, not the fortress, not the refuge. Listen to what he says. He says, I will exalt you, my God, the king. This is the king saying, you're the king. I'm just an underservant. And he says, I will praise your name forever and ever, and every day I will praise and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. I would suggest that the psalmist David is singing about the grandeur of God's goodness in creation. Forget about the mechanics of how God created all things from the space, in the space of six days and from nothing by the word of his power. Forget about the mechanics. Go back and read Genesis 1 and 2. It's Hebrew poetry anyway. Read it. And can you not see the grandeur of God's goodness in all that he has made? Because God says it so. At the end of each day, God said, and it was, say it with me, good. And if you've never read it, go back and read it. And when you read it, you get to the point after God has created the heavens and the earth, the universe and the skies, the sea and the land, and all of the amazing technicolor beauty of the creatures that God actually cares about and he calls it good then he makes you and me and he says very good he extols the goodness of God because our God in his goodness is grand So, as we were sitting beneath the trees last night at a fundraiser event, Guitars and Gumbo over at the Florian's house, we were sitting there watching musicians, and they they were, they were great. It was wonderful. But you know what was really great? Is that the leaves above my head were waving in the wind, and they were clapping. And they were clapping before we got there and they were clapping after we got there. They were clapping before we were alive. They're gonna be clapping after we're alive because our God has baked goodness in the world. Do we see it? and he is good in his grandeur. Ladies and gentlemen, may we not be so apathetic being held up in buildings and these great lights, and it's wonderful, and our voices are beautiful. Oh, worship team, thank you, so beautiful. But oh my goodness, they pale in comparison to the glory of God's goodness in creation our God is good. And we learn in Jonah, by the way, after Jonah's so ticked off that God is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. And he hangs out under a tree and then it goes away and he's all angry at God. and He says, God, you angry? And Jonah says, yeah, I'm angry at you because you're faithful and compassionate and gracious. God says, yes, I'm right. And you're crying over a bush. Did you create it? Uh Uh-uh. And you think I shouldn't care about the 120,000 living in Nineveh and all the animals that live there? Our God is good in all of his grandeur and he has called it good and he calls you and me very good. His goodness is grand and the psalmist sings of it. And from one generation to the next, We need to go out and we just need to do a walk around the property here after service. And we need to point out to the next generation and to ourselves, the generation in front of us, look around, see, and listen. Our God is good. And his mighty acts, his mighty acts were before us, are with us, and will be after us. And he says in verse five, "They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works, I will tell the power of your awesome works, I will proclaim your great deeds, they celebrate your abundant goodness, and joyfully sing of your righteousness." God's righteousness, His justice, is even seen how God redeems and rescues a people for himself and he does so by his redeeming and righteous hand not because they had anything in them that was admirable or strong or beautiful but because God is good his goodness is grand secondly the goodness of his compassion We've been in for several weeks in Exodus 34, four to seven. We ended up there and we ended in that scene because Moses asked God to show him his glory. He says, will you show me your glory? And God answers Moses, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. This is repeated here in verse 8. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, and rich in love. And then he says in verse 9, the Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. There are several things going on in those two verses what we might call God's common grace and compassion. And there is a message for those that he has rescued and drawn to himself. God is compassionate and gracious to all he has made, including those who are his enemies. God is so good and so compassionate and so gracious, even Against his enemies, he shows compassion. And he even allows those who reject him to experience the beauty and goodness of the world in which he has given them. We sang of the reckless love of God. That's what we mean by reckless. To human perspective, that's reckless. We barely meet eye to eye with those that we are enemies with much less shower them with compassion and mercy. God is compassionate, not to some, but to all he has made. Thanks be to God. But more than that, It says that the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. We looked at last week the holiness of God. He does judge sin, yet surrounding the call to his holiness is the invitation of his compassion. Because he is compassionate and slow to anger. And all who hear that invitation, all who stumble, who crawl, all those who are scared to say, Yes, help me, his message is forgiveness and mercy and rescue. The goodness of his compassion means he hears your. Voice and your cry to Him. It's not about our righteousness, it's not about our ability, it's not about our intelligence or our background. Let me say this about a friend whom I'm getting to know. He saw me recently uh, as I had my bicycle on the back of my car and he was stopping me. He's like, Hey, if you were in Sunday school, you already heard this story. So he saw me and he he, rolled down the window. He waved and he's like, Hey, we've got to go riding our mountain bikes. I was like, yes, I'm borrowing this one, but yes, that would be great. He goes, Hey, are you available on Sunday morning? I was like, Oh, I'm busy most Sunday mornings. And he's like, Oh, man, I always forget that, right? And I was like, that's all right, man. And then he says, he says, you know, I I, I gotta get back to church. And I said, you know what, man? I'm not taking names and neither is God. It's okay, but you're welcome anytime. And then he said, yeah, I just need to get my life back in Uh Aha, thank you. I know some peeps. you, You see where I'm going. God is compassionate even to all of our disorder. And communion, this bread and this juice and wine is so good when we finally stop and realize it ain't about us. If your life is not in order, welcome to the compassionate and gracious God. You are very good. Come and see that the Lord is good. If you don't know the Lord, today is the day of his mercy and grace. It ain't about being a church people. It's not about being in the religious South. Ain't about being a Jesus person or listening to Christian music. You don't have to do any of that stuff. But you do need to know that there is a Savior who welcomes you, who says, come unto me. And he is compassionate. He is not safe, though. He will remake you just like he did David's life, and he'll remake you inside out, He is not safe, but he is good. But not only is he good in his grandeur and good in his compassion, he is good in his kingdom. Hear these words again. Verse 11. They tell, that is his works, they tell of all the glory of your kingdom and they speak of your might so that all people may know your mighty acts and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. Oh man. So this is a king who's getting on in years who knows that he is not the king, he's a king under the king. And the king is saying to God the king, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. By acknowledging such, he knows that his kingship will not last forever. But what God has established will be into eternity and he knows that this kingdom will be full of God's mighty acts and what are those mighty acts the same God who has created all things and called the good and called you very good the God who has rescued a people like the Israelites from Egypt in the midst of their rebellion taking them through the Red Sea he says I am good a rescuing God who brought them to the promised land, was faithful to them in the midst of their rebellion, brings up before them a king who himself will fail. King David fails, and yet God brings restoration. But what the king is singing about and what's the people singing about, your kingdom will be forever and ever. And what will be the mark of this kingdom? It will not be a white-fisted rule of oppression. It will not be the untrustworthiness of politicians. It will not announce itself in a slick ad-on commercial because Jesus does not need a brand manager. What will it be seen by? It will be seen By the center of that kingdom is a revolutionary act that God, who is the king, sent his king, the son of the living God, to make himself nothing, to become a servant. And not with clisted fist, but open arms to be the rescuing Messiah, redeemer, to be the king of all the earth and the heavens. But even this king, how would this king describe his kingship? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down and of my own accord, I have authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The father makes his son the king. The king comes bringing a kingdom that's going to turn the world inside out. Jesus is Lord and not Caesar. And the king would rule by giving himself away, laying down his life. Nobody took it. He gave it down. He gave it for us. And then he says, that's not the end of the story. He took it up again on the day of resurrection, which means Our king has died for us. Our king was raised to life for us. And our king is enthroned over his kingdom. And he means to lead us forth into the world as witnesses and testimonies to what? The goodness of God. Not our righteousness, not our goodness, not our wisdom, not our ideas, but His goodness. The King has come. The King has died. The King has been raised again. The King has established His kingdom and He's called it His body, the church. And the king has gone before us and he leads us and gives us his spirit and he promises to come again. But until he does, he is leading us by his spirit with the foundation of his word to go into the world with the announcement. And I end where I began. The words of the psalmist. We get to tell of the world. We will exalt In our God, the King, we will praise your name forever and ever. Every day we will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. For the Lord is good to all and he has compassion on all he has made and his kingdom shall have no end. Our God, our King is good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and love to your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by your Spirit has been shed abroad to the world, that he is the King of heaven and of earth, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You, our God and King, our Father, you are good and you have shown us your goodness. But we are slow to learn. Thank you that you are slow to anger. We are slow to believe. Thank you that you are fast in your mercy. We are quick to forget, but you are faithful to remind us. You are good. May you receive all the praise and glory due your name. In Jesus' name, amen.